you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Welcome to Senior Living Connecticut, a show that explores solutions for Connecticut's adults striving for the best in senior living. I'm Bill Corbett, manager of Evergreen Crossings, independent senior living, and author of the book, The 2.0 Entrepreneur. And I'm Sharon Gauthier from Patient Advocate for You, a private care management nursing practice. We're sitting down with industry area subject matter experts to find out what they've learned along the way. So welcome, Sharon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Nice yes, to thank have you. you here uh, in the studio with me today. This is all familiar territory to me when we had our radio show, but thank you for inviting me well, for good. this. Aging in place means you get to continue living a much more independent lifestyle. That means you have all you, you can have all your belongings. You get to choose what activities you want to do. You can have visitors any time of the day. You don't have to coordinate with other people, of course. You get to eat what you want when you want. But there are risks associated with this decision. For example, ones that I can think of are loneliness, falls, mm-hmm. uh, fires from cooking and not paying attention, poisoning, uh, leaving food out, not eating fresh food, um, bed sores, and even activity, you know, if you're not out and about. Or not taking your medicine when you're supposed to. Right. That's another good one. Yep. Right. So the uh, theme for this segment is living at home with balance issues and navigating stairs. So with us on the show is Amy Fink, Vice President of Business Development of Lifeway Mobility. Welcome, Amy. Thanks, and thanks so much for having me on. You actually uh, presented a uh, scenario that uh, may have occurred before, and uh, this may be common to a, a lot of people. Mom lives at home, She's, say, in her 90s, and she walks with a cane and does have some balance issues. There is a risk that mom could potentially fall while she's at home, especially considering that she needs to get her to her bedroom on the second floor or, even worse, stairs that get in and out of the house. So let's just talk about that for a minute because we know that mom is going to say she's going to fight tooth and nail to live at home. She wants to be there. She wants to stay. And that's where people generally want to age at home, in their home. But as their kids, we have some real worries, some real uh, fears about this. Right, Amy? Absolutely. And this brings up just a whole slew of issues and concerns. Because first of all, you know, my mom's 90. I'm out of town. And I am concerned, but, you know, she is competent. She, you know, her mind is as clear as it ever was. We're very, very fortunate in that respect. So I need to, you know, number one, respect her wishes um, and desires, but also, you know, I'm obviously concerned because I I don't want her to fall. And, you know, I think it's really common that adult children are, are concerned about their aging parents, especially when they might be at a distance. There's definitely resistance to any changes, but there's a lot of things that we can do to make it safer for my mom and to really reduce that risk of a fall. Sharon, have you run into this kind of problem before, working with people as an advocate? Yeah, so I think the biggest issue is that most people, I always say to people, a 90-year-old never calls me and says they need help. It's always the family that will uh, call me because there's a crisis that happened. I've utilized Amy's and business and picked her brain many times over what could be done structurally in a home. And sometimes it's very minimal. Grab bars in the bathroom, washer and dryer in the basement that doesn't need to be there, bring it upstairs. So um, I think what Amy brings to the table is the ability to talk to families about what is the most cost-effective 
but what is the safest way to keep mom at home. And the biggest thing glaring uh, at us right now with the situation is the stairs. Correct. Amy, what are some things that you might recommend to families that run into this issue where mom is uh, putting, she's putting her foot down. I am not going to a community to live and I want to be home, but yet you can't change the stairs in the house. You can't rip them up. What are some options for families? And, you know, when you talk about stairs, stairs can be um, a major area of fall risk, and especially if someone has a balance issue or someone's getting um, discharged from the hospital or has, like, a new diagnosis or, like Sharon had said, is on medications. When it comes to stairs, like, I always start with doing the most minimal thing that you can do that will help the individual. Just the very basic thing is make sure there's not clutter on your stairs so that there's nothing extra that my mom can trip over when going up and down the stairs. I mean, it seems obvious, but a lot of people have things on their stairs, you know, to, to take up or take, take down. Um, and then also make sure the stairs themselves are secure and in good condition so there's not additional tripping hazards. And also make sure that the stairs are, are well lit. But the next thing that I would look to is whether there's a railing on one or both sides of the stairs. Because, you know, that giving that extra support can really make it easier for someone to get up and down the stairs. If that's not enough, like the next area that I would look to is whether a stair lift is something that might help someone. And there's a lot of mystery in, in people's minds about around stair lifts and what a stair lift is. But a stair lift is really simply a rail that's sitting on your on the surface of your stairs and that you have a chair it's a, you know, a motorized chair, and you sit on that chair, push a button, and it takes you up and down the stairs. So it's really a quite a simple solution that can make it so much easier to, to get up and down those stairs without risking a fall. What do you do with very independent seniors? And they say, no, I don't need that stuff. I don't want you spending my money to modify the house. I can live the way it is. How would you deal with that uh, senior when they're not willing to change. Any ideas? Well, I can pipe into that one with Amy, and I'm sure she'll agree. You know, what I often tell seniors and families is the reason why we implement some safety mechanisms is to preserve their independence and not take it away. Trying to convince them of that sometimes is difficult. The other thing is, is if they have a long-term care policy, that policy will pay for those structural changes in a house. And a lot of people don't understand that. So it really depends on the relationship between the family and their loved one. I think just constantly reminding them that they're trying to preserve their independence. What are your thoughts, Amy? Well, I completely agree. And I think it really is helpful to discuss why different members of the family want the things that they do, you know, to get down to their whys. You know, why my mom is so resistant to a stairlift and why you know, I feel like it's so important that maybe she have that to, to prevent that fall. And sometimes, like mother, daughter, you know, we can work it out within the family. Sometimes it really helps to have an independent person, you know, a professional come in. And, you know, like when I'm doing an evaluation, I let people know if I'm dealing with a mother and a, like a parent and a child that this is information only so that they can make the most informed decisions possible. And as Sharon said, really preserve their independence because, you know, most times when people are reaching out to me, and as Sharon said, they're reaching out after a fall has happened, after a crisis has occurred, and we, we've all seen those scenarios, and I don't want that to be, you know, what happens, 
if there's a way I can, you know, prevent that from happening and prepare ahead of time, that's really important. So I think, you know, opening the, the conversation and really listening to my mom, listening to, you know, why doesn't she want that? Why does she not feel it's necessary? And, you know, maybe she's okay for the time being, but maybe we revisit this in three months and, and reevaluate, you know, has, has her balance issue gotten any worse? Has her medication changed? Is there something she's change that maybe we should revisit whether a stairlift is a good option. You know, I I think you mentioned something important about the family dynamics. For example, uh, one day we had a senior coming to our community and they were considering possibility of moving to independent living. But I was watching the family. Every time that the senior would bring something up, the spokesperson, the main child would go, you could see she was reacting emotionally. Go, mom, stop it now, mom. Oh, and, yeah. and they're using their emotion mm-hmm. to stop progress or to stop. Sometimes, and I've seen seniors, well, they move forward purposely just to get even with their child who's kind of being bossy. Um, so I think it's really important about the dynamics and so making sure that you've got the right person involved in making decisions or dealing with mom or dad um, because they may make the wrong decision based just on the person they're having to deal with, right? Because you said a neutral person can oftentimes be much more effective. Well, the other person I think that's helpful with this, and I think Amy will agree with this also, is that if a crisis has happened and someone's come home, they're going to have physical therapy and occupational therapy involved with them from the VNA. They would be the assessors. I think in tandem with having a company come in to look at what the structural issues might be, is also talk to therapy because they're the ones who are going to identify that mom is orthostatic when she stands up. So she gets a little dizzy. She needs to use her walker. She's already fallen and broken a hip. So I think it's a team effort, although sometimes the elderly person thinks the team is ganging up against them. Again, it's really to preserve their independence, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, Sharon. That's a really good point because oftentimes, you know, we are working together um, with a team with either a care manager or a, a clinician like an occupational therapist or a, a physical therapist that's come in after, you know, someone's come home from the hospital or getting discharged. And, and it's that way it's, it's really good because you have these objective third parties and people are just saying, this is my observation, this is what I'm seeing. And, and, and again, like my mom can understand why this suggestion is even being raised. And I would say another, uh, you know, common objection is I, it's too much money. And so I just wanted to, to mention that when it comes to stair lifts, if it's a straight stair lift, uh, stair lifts are available for rental from, you know, Lifeway and other places too, but, you know, um, to rent a stair lift is, is a much more economical option if it's a straight stair lift. And, and sometimes, like, Lifeway has them used as well as new. So, you know, that might be another option to, to save a little bit of money if, if the financing is an issue. Amy, and, what is, you know, funding, what, what about is, do you have like a ballpark figure though about what those costs would be? Because I think our listeners might well to rent versus buying new versus buying used. I will tell you, I am I am the educator for Lifeway as as opposed to in sales. But you know, I would say when you think of a stairlift, think in the range of maybe thirty five hundred dollars or so. And again, you know, I'm not giving a quote because that's literally that's outside of, of yeah. my department. Um, and when it comes to renting, you pay um, a one fee 
I can get that fee. For anyone who has questions about that, they're more than welcome to contact me, and I will get them very specific information to answer these questions. I want to make sure that we get in. We've only got a few seconds left. How can people get in touch with you if they have questions about LifeWay Mobility? You know, the easiest way is to go to LifeWayMobility.com. That's the website, LifeWayMobility.com, and fill out a Contact Us form and just put my name in there. There's a place for comments, and they can reach me. They can also uh, reach me um, at my office, which is 860-292-1111. All right, excellent. They, they could reach me that way. Stay with us uh, through the break. We're going to be right back. We're going to be talking more with Amy to find out uh, some solutions for other options. And You've been listening to Senior Living Connecticut, a show that explores solutions for Connecticut's family and adults to help them get the most out of life to have, and to really enjoy the life they have now. Listen to us next week. We'll see you then. When I'm 64.